following is a live broadcast of the Lone Star Community Radio Program. Recorded and broadcasted live on IRLoneStar.com, Connors FM 104.5, 106.1, and Facebook.com slash IRLoneStar. For more information on this show, please visit our show page at IRLoneStar.com slash shows. To sponsor or donate to this program, visit our donate page at IRLoneStar.com slash donate. Or email us at lscrstudios at gmail.com or give us a call at 936-666-1084. Lone Star Community Radio production and broadcast is possible by folks like you. So sponsor and donate today. You are listening to Lone Star Community Radio on 104.5 KCZW. And 106.1 KZCC Conroe. And worldwide on the IRLoneStar.com. Born to be kings, we're the princes of the universe. Here we belong. All right. Good morning, everybody. You're listening to Dickens Keeping in the Mornings, 9.38. Starting a little late today. I blame Sean. I blame me, too. He's a very busy person. But uh, we're hanging out on Lone Star Community Radio's IRLoneStar.com. I think our guests are walking towards us right now. I can see them. So we'll get them in the studio as soon as possible. But, yeah, Dickens Keeping in the Mornings, Lone Star Community Radio, Conroe's FM 104.5, 106.1. Hanging out in the studio, live. Call in anytime if you're listening to the podcast, whatever. Drop us a line at 936-228-9368. And then uh, we're on Facebook.com slash Dick and Skippy. Uh, special guest today. We are kind of excited. We're having a world traveler in. We're uh, Byron Davenport and Dustin Trapp is going to be in the studio. Talk about one of their uh, Byron's shows called the Weirto Show. or Weirito? Weirito. We'll find out. Uh, yeah, you, it could you, rhyme can, with uh, you can check out the description and stuff in the... Uh, well, in the description, the links to the show and stuff like that. But it's going to be us till about 10 o'clock this morning. That's in about 20 minutes. And then, uh, yeah, we'll get them in the studio, if not sooner than later. Today's show is brought to you by Clean Sweep Office Cleaning. All your office cleaning needs in the Montgomery County area. Uh, they do small business office cleaning. Hey, Sean, why don't you go ahead and let them in? Okay. They're right there. They're just hanging out. They're not going to melt. Yeah, I will let them in just for you. Are you turning on the outside yeah. speaker so they can we hear us? we were recording last night. Uh, yeah. Okay, here we go. But you got to tell me uh, while I'm gone all about your beanie hat because I think you're a quarter step away from a man bun. Yeah, and I'm what's just, up with this? This is a new, new style I'm going with, guys. Relax. But yeah, we're brought to you by Clean Sweep Office Cleaning. Uh, small business office cleaning needs in the Montgomery County area. One time to schedule cleaning. Give them a call at 832-689-7996. And then also Creative Content Creations. C3thewoodlands.com for all your videos, social media, uh, writing. If it's creative and tangible, they do it. Today is the 25th. It's the day before Thanksgiving. So we're going to be hanging out all the way till about 11 o'clock today. So stay with us. And feel free to join us on Facebook Live and comment and question and all that kind of stuff. I do want to remind folks, we have a recorded show already in the books for Friday. It will be with uh, Dr. Lisa White, the president of the Sam Houston State University. And then uh, and then it's just us. So there you go. So I look forward to that. We uh, interview the folks from the university or St. Thomas University, or the University of St. Thomas about their new center. So if you miss Monday's show, please check it out. You guys can take a seat. 
<laughs> I'll get you set up. You don't have to be quiet. You can just do whatever the hell y'all want. Yeah, just sit down. Just relax. But, Sean, you doing okay? I know I'm doing okay We, we so see each far. other, like, every day for the past, like, two weeks. I know. I see you more than I see my own wife. Yeah, we uh, recorded our new taco review. Mm-hmm. We yet, did that yesterday, yesterday, and then we pre-recorded Friday's show. Yeah, we were doing a lot for uh, for our audience, and then also because Thanksgiving's coming up. Where did we go yesterday? What, what taco review is coming out Monday? Uh, we went to... Um... So he remembers. I'll wait. I'll wait. I'll ask. <laughs> Hold on a second. It was... McKenzie's, McClendon's, McSomebody's. McKenzie's Barbecue McKenzie's, that was right. McKenzie's Barbecue. Yeah. I knew the barbecue and burgers part. folks didn't know, their Conroe location has a full breakfast menu starting at 6.30 a.m. And I kind of wanted to try everything, but we did our breakfast tacos. And it was, uh, we'll actually wait to hear about it on Monday at 3 p.m. for our release of our taco review. But anything else going on? I know nothing really in the news is worthy talking about. Yeah, I mean, we're still... Uh, election-wise, just up in the air. They're still doing this thing. We're, we're going to ban the election talk. Yeah, well, there's nothing to talk about. It's going to hit the Supreme Court eventually. Decisions will be made, and then we Unless it's a conspiracy theory, we can talk about it. But if it's not a conspiracy theory, I don't really care. Boots on the ground, shadow government, I'm totally down. But I don't think that's where you're going with this conversation. I think you're going to do some litigation stuff that I don't really understand, and then, <laughs> you know, it's boring. So we're not going to talk about that. Okay. Uh yeah, because we actually, what kind of sucks is we recorded our show for Friday yesterday. So, like, all the topics on our mind, Friday show. And <laughs> yeah. So, this I can't morning, talk about, I can't do follow ups to today in. on them because. Yeah, it's going to be kind of, we don't want to turn into a repeat. Uh, but I did, I did find some articles. You know, Montgomery County, uh, the courier has some interesting things. And I want to talk about this because I never fully understood why the district attorney and the police select like random days for like D- DWI bus. No refusals, huh? And it's just because they announced that today uh, is considered Blackout Wednesday. I, I like their on-the-nose kind of uh, title for that, but they're boosting D- DWI prosecutions today, and I always wonder why they just don't do it year-round. It's kind of like, hey, we're bored no one's doing anything on Wednesday, right, guys? Let's just make that a DWI prosecution day. Because I do know for certain holidays, they do like a extended weekend of no refusal. Mm-hmm. And I guess someone isn't smart enough legally to go to the state of Texas and be like, can we just do this all the time? Why do we have to like declare a weekend? Money. You think so? It's so in th- the budget. So they basically hire more officers for it? Yeah, or it's- yeah and that's why they choose holiday weekends because then they get... Double time and a half, they get holiday pay with overtime. Oh, so this is a union us. thing. Well, it, it doesn't hurt. They I fought mean, for it. They're the back ones, when I, so they're the ones we should be blaming for my DWI. Yeah. <laughs> okay. For the unions. That is, it's all their fault. But, yeah, a lot of it's the money because not only do you have to have the extra personnel, but you have to have judge. No, you don't pay the judge, but there needs to be a judge on standby. There needs to be uh, the ADA needs to be available for the whole weekend to run it in front of the magistrate. Yeah. And so a lot of overtime is involved. Uh, you have to have the the test kits, um, a lot more. Speaking of the judge thing, mm-hmm. you know, I'm a big fan of the SVU, and I've been watching it. There's so many creative scenes involving the judges to get you know warrants and whatever. What's the reality of warrant signing? Because in this show, like for example, they did one. They, they'll catch the judge at the gym. Yeah, they did one where they're the, all the, the judges for playing poker. Mm-hmm. It was kind of a joke. Yeah, and then another one they did where they brought the. 
the perp, the perp that's the that's the title they use for the, is that the nomenclature they use on the show the perp was uh in a car accident so he's like bundled up and they basically <laughs> talked about bail in front of him in the hospital with the judge and he's mm-hmm. like judge this guy isn't going anywhere he's like you know it's wrapped in casts it's like oh no bonds two hundred thousand <laughs> and like what's weird to me is i i wish we could talk to an NYPD officer just to know the actual procedures for the stuff. Cause it doesn't make any sense to me. Like one time, like the, that same episode where the guy got in the crash, they thought he was the guy. So he's literally coming in off the ambulance from the crash and they're trying to like talk to him if he did it or not. And the guy's like in a car crash. Mm-hmm. He's like, Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. And and they took that as his confession. Well, that's up to his defense attorney to say. I know, he but was like, I know they're right. creating television, but I wonder if that's ever really happened. Because if, and like, Holly goes straight up, doctors would not let them talk to this person because he's already under stress and then like all this kind of stuff. So doctors wouldn't allow. Once the doctors get involved, that's why if they're getting them off the ambulance before they get checked in the hospital, they, they would do their thing. Yeah. Actually, the most realistic cop show that I ever saw, because it was based, a lot of the stories were based on like what really happened, was called Homicide, Life on the Streets. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it was uh, written by a guy. I thought you were going to say the movie Time Cop. Well, that too, but that's a given. Yeah. Uh, but in Homicide, Life on the Streets, a guy spent a whole year with the Baltimore, this new precinct of the Baltimore Police Department and saw the crazy stuff that happened. And that's why for like the longest time in this TV series, none of the cops ever, none of the detectives ever pulled their guns. You know, in, in Hollywood, it's every other week they're shooting someone or waving their guns. Uh, usually doesn't happen. They had this one episode based in reality where they rigged a, uh, a Xerox machine, a copier, they pre-put some true-false pages in the tray, and then they convinced this guy that it was a lie detector. They said, put your hand on the thing here. And they and so the, they asked a couple of control questions that they knew he would answer to, and they hit print, and it would come out with his handprint saying true, true. So the guy's tripping out thinking this is real, and he confesses to everything because they're, <laughs> they're using this. And it actually turns out, you know, it went through the courts, and it was determined that the cops could actually do whatever necessary. Already, I've already said cops can really do whatever they want. Yeah, but I, I love that. So, yeah. It's, it that was a good show. Is. If it's on a streaming service, you should watch There's it. There's too much streaming Speaking of on. streaming, I got about... I decided to start watching the the Jason Bourne movies. Yeah. I really think Bourne is Scandinavian for stupid because this guy is just the stupidest guy I've ever seen in the universe. Well, see, you can't see you have to have the first one and the understanding that he got hit in the head. So we have to accept that some things are all firing on all no, cylinders. He got shot in the back. He didn't get hit in the uh, head. Well, whatever it was, he had amnesia. So I assume. Yeah, that because whenever I he, get shot in the back, I get amnesia. Well, certain bullets, you know, they cause that. And but yeah, so I, when I watched that movie, I was like, I was waiting for him to just collapse because you know he wasn't fully recovered mm-hmm. and just like people have strokes and stuff all the time after head injuries, so it's just like I was waiting for. Him See, because I read the first couple of books, like he forgets Robert to step Ludlum. with his right, so he's like trying to run with his left leg or something <laughs> like that. I think that'd be entertaining. Well, I watched the original. Uh, I mean, I read the two, the first two books back in the day by Robert Ludlum. Yeah, they were poorly written, just but they weren't my bag. But in the movie, they just decided to take the basic premise and run with it. And yeah. it got very Shakespearean in the bad way that every Shakespearean tragedy, people die because someone says, hey, I have an idea. You know, let's fake a death. Let's do this. And then basically two people don't talk to each other. The whole thing would work out okay if just Friar Lawrence talks to Benvolio. Boom, it's done. 
all three of these movies, the first one and the second one, it's Jason Bourne is going to, you know, he's he's rogue, he's this and that. And all it takes is one 12-second phone call with him calling in saying, I got amnesia. Or I, How who, would he remember who to call? He calls, but he gets their phone numbers. He's taking down notes. Well, wasn't that the whole plot element? The second book, they no, set no, him up. Sean, wasn't the whole purpose of the first one was they're trying to eliminate all the You can get away like with that one, Bourne? but then the second movie starts. Yeah, they're and still he's trying to Indi- eliminate him. Well, he's in India, he's, and he's they at, set him up to say he's in um, Berlin, which is literally across the he's world. He's living evidence All he has to do is call and say, check the footage. Check the airport footage. I'm not there. Look at me. I'm in India. I'm waving at you. It's I physically did, I, impossible. I will say I did enjoy, spoiler alert, they killed that woman. That was a strong move. That uh, surprised that, that me because in the books move. they get married and she doesn't die. Yeah, that was a power move. I like it. That was. They power. probably didn't like that actress, and they're like, "Hey, you know what we're gonna that do? That was Lola. We're gonna have a we're gonna have a scene where you get shot in the head and fly off a bridge." That was Lola from Run Lola Run. But anyhow, I made it through the second movie. The third one starts, and they're like, "Hey, he's still rogue. We're gonna go kill him." And and you got Joan Allen saying, "Just leave him alone. He won't do anything." No, no, we gotta kill him. And I stopped watching. Well, he's an asset. He's I put dangerous. on. I turned that off and put on Superman Returns instead. That's how bad that movie was. That I would rather watch yet again Superman Returns rather than the Bourne Ultimatum. Well, that's a strong statement. But yeah, I'm you telling know. you. Well, don't watch the one with the uh, Hawkeye in it. I, I can't. Because that one was like I, I still didn't really understand the like chrono like the order it was supposed to be in with the other movies. I don't get, they're called they called the Bourne anything, but it's it's not Bourne. Forget it. No. Yeah, I guess. That's my old man rant for the day. I just, it was the stupidest thing I ever saw. Man. And I've seen some stupid stuff. The first stuff. one's pretty good. There's some good scenes in there. Uh, yeah, I, I could live with the first one, but I, I already saw it a few years ago oh, well, when remember, it was played by Gina Davis in The Long Kiss Goodnight. Uh, see, like, it's the exact same. When I watched the first one, I didn't realize how how hard magazines can hit. No, the roll of magazine. Yeah, thing. like I was like, man, I wonder if like that could really hurt that bad. Hey, you know, um, the android uh, Ian Holm almost killed Sigourney Weaver with a magazine and yeah. Alien. Magazines are the the you know like a book. I get the pen is mightier than the sword. We've seen, we've seen John Wick three, where the you know the book scene was pretty. I haven't seen three yet, dude. I I also watched on Netflix. I I had never seen this guy, but I've heard about him. John Mulaney, this comedian. The comedian, yeah. Yeah, I'd never seen him before. He's all right. He is is pretty funny. So that was my streaming last night stuff. Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. But Born is stupid. Well, I mean, I I enjoy them. I, they kind of lost me after the second one, but you know, I think it's one of those movies that you're just supposed to relax and have fun. You're not really supposed to pay too much attention to it. Well, it's called the willing suspension of disbelief, and the the statement is how willing am I to do this? And I Well, what's strange wasn't. to me about those kind of movies is you have these organizations with like 50-plus people, and it's so hard to kill one person. Like, I don't believe that at all. I don't believe it being that hard to kill one person, especially when they're running around a populated area. Like, if you, you already have disregard for everyone else, just blow, blow well, up that, the area. That's like, a movie trope. You have the guy running, and you have a guy behind him running... With you know, trying to shoot yeah. as he's running. If you just stop, count to two to catch your breath, well, not aim even that. and fire, you kill the guy. Well, not even that. Like, you just track him. Stop running and yeah. just stop and shoot him. I don't know. I don't think it'd be that hard to kill somebody if you have that like much manpower behind you or something like that. So, I don't, I don't know. Okay. So. Okay. All right. So, Jason Bourne, movies suck. Yeah. All right. Before we uh, get our guests on, anything else? 
Looking forward to Thanksgiving tomorrow. Yeah. I know everyone, is everyone staying home? Like, what's the word? I Actually, I think here in Texas, more and more people are going out because other places are being told you can't have anyone over. Yeah. I mean, seriously. Everyone who I spoke to personally says, yeah, I'm going to go to my parents. Yeah. But then I got an email from Zoom going, hey, free unlimited time between now and Thanksgiving weekend or something because of... Smart move, Zoom. Well, yeah, but I'm not... Who wants to have Thanksgiving with their family on Zoom? That was so lame. I don't know. Sometimes it'd be the best way to have it. Oh, they're talking politics. Well, I feel like with today's fast pace, if you're already hating your family that much, just don't even talk to them. Like, what's the big deal? Just stuff your face with turkey? Well, no, I'm like, if you're if you're like, oh, I gotta Zoom my parent. Like, no, I'm like, sorry, I'm busy. I don't see why people just, <laughs> just skip over it. Like, I don't... Okay, well, I got my in-laws coming up. Do you, have, do you have family drama, especially with these politics? I bet there's a lot of family drama. No, because we pretty much learned, um, you know, my mother and I pretty much have the same political leanings. I thought you just my tell her niece, what to believe. I do. Yeah. And she believes it. So that's why you have the same. Yeah. Okay. And my niece is the exact opposite, but she's up in uh, Baltimore or something right now. So Yeah. Well, fortunately for us, we have a huge family, so it's you never get stuck in a corner. Dealing with somebody's like significant other or something that's wild, so you, yeah, can, you yeah. can just go to someone else and talk what to them. What dish are you gonna bring? Uh, Holly's doing something. I don't know. She's in charge. I'm making the pumpkin pies today. Yeah. Yeah. That's nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm just gonna help my parents cook or my mother cook, not my dad. But yeah, my dad cooking. Yeah. He's not a cooker. No. He he just knows when to start. What time is it to eat? And he'll let you know if it's not the right time. That's that's his that's his role, and uh, yeah, I I'm the one that cuts the turkey. Do you, you get yeah. the turkey carving duties? Yeah, I'm impressed. They trust you with sharp instruments. Well, since well, I will say since we have such a large, I have five brothers and sisters. Everyone's married. Everyone has two or more kids. Basically, what holidays have come become in our family is it's a pit stop. So they literally come in, maybe have like a role, and say, "Oh, I got to go to the other parent's house." And that's usually what happens. Yeah. So we have so much food left over so between like my parents and I. So. Gotcha. Well, let's on Monday. I'm not going. I'm not going to my Holly's parents' house. Well, Ain't, you got to bring me some that. turkey because I think we're doing a ham, and which is fine. But I, I really like turkey. Yeah. So you got to bring me some leftovers. Okay. Well, we got some people in the studio. Who do we got? I don't know. You tell me. Well, we have uh, we we have Byron Davenport and Dustin Trap. What's going on, guys? You can you can sit down. Yeah, you, you can talk now. We're we're done ignoring you. Howdy. Dustin's good to see you again, man. Doing all right? Good. Uh, how you doing? Yeah, doing good. Sorry. Brain's backwards. Good to see you. Great to see you again, Ryan. Hey, why don't you right? introduce yourself to him so he gets it right? Yeah, right. I'm, I'm Jared Trapp with Bass Trap Media. Uh, y'all have probably met my partner, Dustin. That's it. And see, that's what's throwing me <laughs> off. I thought I thought I had it right. So thank you, Justin. And this is Byron right here. So... Well, let me ask you something. So Justin came Dustin. in uh, about a month or two ago, right? Dustin did. I'm Jared, but Dustin. Jared's uh, the film guy. I yeah, but to... you came. No, but you came in. Yeah, I came yeah. in to shoot his uh, behind the when scenes Dustin was stuff. here. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I was trying to explain that to you. Yeah. Okay. But you failed miserably. It's that beanie hat. You Nobody got. ever remembers the guy behind the camera anyway, so it's cool. That's why I'm usually behind the camera <laughs> for that very reason. Well, that, it's funny you say that because a couple of weeks ago I discovered the cinematographer for like all of Spielberg's films was also the cinematographer for Cool as Ice. 
the Vanilla Ice movie. Mm-hmm. Same cinematographer, and he also did Little Giants. Yeah, you get. And I was like, paid well. Like, what a what a big disconnect between. I don't know if you've ever seen Cool's Eyes. It's awesome. And then like you know Schindler's List. <laughs> like, all right, you gotta start somewhere, I guess. Yeah, I mean, these guys have been around forever, been making incredible films, and a lot of times you don't know who they are until you dig deep. But usually they've worked on some not so good stuff and then some amazing work but it, it's cool to see the transformation so yeah especially with the the continued success of that guy because i think he did like 90 percent of all spielberg movies somehow they became buddies you know oh yeah a director will t- uh, try to stick with the same cinematographer as much as possible well, you don't spielberg want to retrain done a lot of work with the same people like mm-hmm. he always brought back tom hanks and a lot of different actors. Raimi's another one that he'll go with the same crew as much as humanly possible. I haven't really been enjoying his stuff recently. I haven't seen anything new of his lately. I don't think. You saw Ready Player One. Was that Raimi? I think, I'm talking about Spielberg. Oh, Spielberg, yeah. Well, it's because he's gotten into production. He's not directing so much. Yeah. I, I, I don't understand why they're not pumping out Indiana Jones movies like every three years. I don't see why not. Because even Spielberg has standards. No, I don't see. I mean, because Harrison Ford, you don't need Harrison Ford. You know, I mean, look at the Young and Jones series. That was somewhat of a success. I went to school with him. So who's that? River Phoenix? No, oh, Sean Patrick Flannery. We were the two Shans at University of oh, right. Thomas in the Houston. drama department. Yeah, that's funny. He's, He's there actor. and I'm here. <laughs> He's a horrible actor, so I wonder how good you are. Oh, yeah, he's so horrible. He was Indiana Jones and Powder. Yeah. And a Boondock Saint. That's it. There's three more movies than you've so. got. Well, let's talk about our guests. What's going on today, guys? So, Byron, Byron you does can talk, cooking you stuff. Just, yeah. just go, you just go for it, man. Where's this is an open just conversation. We're hanging out. Uh, I really love, I, I'm just really enjoying listening because, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's good to be back in Texas. Oh, wow. Where you been? I've been, uh, I've been actually in Lima, Peru. Okay, yeah. Awesome. So I noticed uh, in was, one of your links, you're on a is it Peruvian Peruvian television show? Yes. Uh, so we, we have a, there's a, a television set. What's well, I'm on a television station. Okay. My show is in uh, uh, Lima, Peru, so and the central location for your show. How do you pronounce your show? Uh, the Werito. 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 Try to show. Pretend you're ordering a burrito in a Mexican food restaurant. <laughs> right. Where you're a white guy <laughs> trying to put on the accent. I'd like a burrito, please. Yeah. yeah. You're going to get it. Yeah, I'm not going to get it. The Werito. So show. that show is located in Peru. Yes. And you're a chef. Yes. So do you cook mainly like South American dishes? Well, actually, or... you know, being a Texan, you know, I, okay, I was, so you're from Texas. Okay. Yes, I was right. born in Texas. Um, I grew up with the Texas culinary, you know, and and the mixture. Uh, and I went to culinary school in Peru. Oh wow! So um, how did that happen? Yeah, did, there's a yeah. story behind that. You, you got the microphone. Let us know. <laughs> yeah, there is a story to that. Um, actually, my my wife now, mm-hmm. um, she's Peruvian. Okay. And Peruvian. I met her when I was in the Navy. Okay. I was in the Navy in during the Gulf War. Oh, I was thanks in for J- your service. No, no problem. <laughs> um, I was stationed in Japan. Wait, where in Japan? Uh, Yokosuka. I was there, 74 to 78. There you go. We'll talk about that later. Yeah. Oh, God. So I met her there, and, uh, you know, from there, uh, we were separated because uh, she had to go back to her her country Yeah. because her mom was sick, and then I had to go home and come back to my country because my mom was sick. So we separated, and during the 90s, they had the terrorist 
Mm. Um, so she couldn't get a visa to America and I couldn't get a visa there. And, and we're talking 20 plus years that we didn't see each other. Wow. What? And we were looking for each other for so long. And this was before really technology in a sense of communicating easily. So it's like mail, phone. That's pretty much it. Right. At that time. Right. Yeah. We didn't have the internet. You know, it wasn't the same. Um, yeah, we had 2,400 baud modems. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> so had, were we all married before the 20 years started? Or well, I, was asked it... her, I asked her to marry me. Okay, before the 20 years started. Before, uh, I gave her a ring and everything, and uh, she still had it. She still had it. And, That's so um, cool. Yeah, so what happened was um, I actually went, uh, I left, I, I sold everything, went to Ukraine. Okay? okay. And it didn't work out there. So I went to Peru. Oh, so you got into Peru. Then I got into Peru, and I, uh, she's, she's like, you know, I've always wanted to go to culinary school, and the food there is amazing, and uh, it's fresh. You know, they, they, their ingredients, just everything was amazing about it. And I was like, so I became, I, I went to culinary school there, and I actually um, started my show with Tigo TV, mm-hmm. which is Tigo TV Peru. And uh, which is uh, the owner is Joseph Kayao. I just have to say that because he's an amazing person. Cool. Shout out to Joseph. Yeah, he accepted he accepted uh, me for who I was, and and he didn't care about color. He didn't care about yeah. nothing. You know, it wasn't anything about that. And uh, so we teamed up with my show and his show and, and Tigo TV. So it's my show, but I yeah. teamed up with him. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I went. Uh, I started going to all the all the different restaurants. I have a lot of different restaurants on my on my thewaditoshow.com. Now let me explain the the wedito for you a little bit. I wanted to clarify this. I grew up in Mexico. Okay. Okay. So I grew up in Mexico as a child. So they called me Wedo. And Wedo can be it's not like gringo. Okay. Okay. It could be blue eyed, blonde hair. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. So it's not even the same. It's an exp- it's a it's a slang description description of yeah. it, right? But so, it's not like derogatory, like, right? It's not derogatory, yeah. and uh, so they're like, you know, hey, bueno, qué pasó? You know, vamos a la playa. You know, let's go to the beach. You know, so they, and so I was like, well, what can I come up with a name? You know. And so well, I the name is perfect for in the sense of like where you are because people kind of get it within the first minute because it's like oh yeah it's called El Rito show I probably mispronounced it but uh, You're but yeah so close that's right to it. and it's in Latin America yeah mm-hmm. and so uh, they they understand what it means and so I started going to restaurants in Peru so I've been to many different restaurants um, I've tried many different because t- um, in Peru they have in, inside. They have different cultures from Japanese, Chinese, When you Peruvian. say inside, you mean like the families that are occupying Peru or the... F- yeah. Okay. Yeah, they have different cultures okay. because uh, like, uh, for example, during the 1850s, uh, the Chinese came in, the Japanese came in, you know, there's different cultures that came in. And so you have a fusion and mixture of different cuisines within a country and uh it, it was a uh, it was a very, very uh, diverse yeah. uh, food, and so that's what got me really. You know, when I first went to Peru, I went to see her. You know, she, it, and so I fell in love with it. You know, the mm-hmm. fruit, the people, just everything, 
And so that's why I went to culinary school and then I started my show. And then it, it was, uh, it's been an adventure. You know, I've been to Machu Picchu. Mm. You know, I, I've been all over Peru from the desert to the lineas. You it's know, on the my lineas. bucket list for sure. Yeah. Well, I want to ask you this because you mentioned about the food. I've always felt that you say that all the, like the food's really good, mm-hmm. but like me say, I grew up here in Houston. My, my palate is not as experienced. So when I go to Peru, I'm like, of course it's going to be good. It's new. Mm-hmm. So is there bad cooking in Peru? Like, can you, like, you know what I'm talking about? Like, like can Peruvian you, taco? Well, bath? like, it's like, you know, some people can really mess up here, like a taco or, you know, our American hot dog or something. You can really mess up. Well, hand those in up. hand with that, I'd love to know what the basis of Peruvian cuisine is. Well, the, the main thing about Peruvian food, you have to understand about the Peruvian people, too. Their food is like gold. And Meaning like after they cook it? No, or it, like, it's like you, they treat their food like gold. Okay. It's like, and even to get into the culinary world there, you, gotta, you have to go through this safe. You have to know the combo because they're very protective of their food because they don't, you know, a lot of them don't have a lot of money. Yeah. And so if you cannot uh, cook in a way where the people love it, you will not be successful. Yeah. As a restaurant person. As a restaurant okay. person. And so, I mean, you can, I've experienced some play, but to be honest, I've really haven't experienced bad food because that's their goal. That's their, that's their livelihood. Yeah. And, you know, in ingredients wise, you know, they have, for example, over 8,000 potatoes. There's over 8,000 types of potatoes. Wow. Yeah. They have different spices that we don't have. Yeah, I figure. I mean, I imagine. You know, like uh, here they use jalapeno. You know, in, in 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 Mexico they use jalapenos. There, you don't really. They don't really use jalapenos that much, and they have uh, a thing called ajis, which is their peppers, aji amarillo, which is uh, a yellow pepper. But they have different types of pepper that they use, and they're and they're very. I mean, you cannot bring those on the airplane. It wow. is not allowed. And why is that? I know, like, because customs and stuff customs. like that. Customs, even their seeds, they're very protective of their of their ingredients. So Peru doesn't let you do it. Not the United States, right? It's Peru. I would say it would be both. Yeah. Well, well I know you, you have to declare things, but I mean, I imagine. Well, I like. Can I go on the internet and order the seeds? Now, you probably could. Yeah. I I I haven't really checked that, but I know as a as. You know, uh, being there and, and living in that in, in that area, you know, they are very protective of their ingredients because it's something that makes them special. Yeah, I'm a, yeah. cool. Byron, let's talk about the uh, logistics because not only a show but culinary school uh, language barrier. How did you overcome that? Well, you know, in the beginning, um, well, you know, since I grew up in Mexico, you know, I, I learned how to read it, write it, speak it. You know, I'm fluent, and but at the same time. You know, I'm going from, you know, Texas speaking English every day. And, and in, in the beginning, it was kind of tough. And, and, you know, they really, in the beginning, I wasn't accepted mm-hmm. per se uh, as much as I wanted to be accepted. <laughs> but um, they, they really, uh, you know, they really are protective you know, so there was that barrier of protection mm-hmm. that they, they, they had to get to know me. They have to they have to trust you. Well, you're an outsider. Yeah, you're an outsider. Yeah. And, and I was an outsider. Just like when I lived in Mexico, I was an outsider there, you know. And but at the same time, 
once they get to know you, once they know that you're there to really cherish and love their food, their culture. Once that trust is established. Once that trust is established and you're able to really break those boundaries. And that's what my show does. My show, I wanted to... um, I wanted to show that, you know, no matter where you come from, no matter the culture, no matter the language, we're all together. Mm-hmm. And even in my videos, I say, you know, estamos todos juntos. <laughs> we're all together. Because, cool. and those are the kind of bridges I'm trying to build, you know, the international bridges. And I want to show that it's all about love, food, and family, no matter what. So, well, Byron, there's obviously a passion for it in there. I, now I'm jonesing for Peruvian food. Though. I don't even know what Peruvian food well, is. Well, that's what I'm saying, just with him talking about it. It's like, I went to this Armenian like, place one like time. Sounds like peppers and <laughs> well, I, don't know. I went fruit. to this Armenian place one time, and it was, like, amazing. I'd never had Armenian food, and, and I was like, okay, this is what it is. So I, But because they're so zealous of guarding the, their materials, their ingredients— uh, obviously, that's why there aren't a lot of Peruvian restaurants here. How how can you bring that to people like us? Well, you know, it it's a style too. You know, you have mm-hmm. a style of cooking. You know, you have different methods that I can bring. Yeah. Um, and also, you know, the palate, the palate flavors. Mm-hmm. You know, I understand their palate flavors, obviously. <laughs> you know, but. I had to learn the palate flavors and how to mix them and how to bring them together. And, and I've actually made, uh, uh, I was at my brother house, my brother lives in San Antonio, and I made a video there of what's a plate called Lomo Saltado. Okay. Okay, it's like a, a, it's like a stir fry. And the method of doing it, I was able to accomplish and bring some of those flavors. Well, awesome. Now, when does this show run? So you say it's... Sounds like it's TV, in Spanish, TV. so that's going to be kind of a barrier for me. We're, dude, we're in Texas. Yeah, I mean, first off, unfortunately, you're you're being interviewed by two of the whitest white guys <laughs> in the history of the universe, so there is that. But, you know, food is the international language of love. So this Tigu TV, is it like TiguTV.com or dot... I put, it on, the, dot I put it on the description for people. Yeah, but I don't read that. He has a YouTube channel. Um, mm-hmm. He does a lot of the show in English and Spanish. Okay. So he tries mm-hmm. to appeal to a pretty broad audience. So yeah. Now, I've seen some shows, especially, you know, growing up overseas, where the shows themselves would be bilingual. So mm-hmm. you, they say just enough in my tongue so I could get what was going on. Do you tend to do that too? It sounds like it's a very fun show. It's a very fun show. What I try to do is I I try to put you know because I'm you know I'm I'm a very hyper person, <laughs> you know, with a lot of energy, and so in my shows Those I peppers I have the the excitement you know because I love food. When you love food, doesn't matter where you're at, right? Mm-hmm. But I also have the English and the Spanish, and and and, I, and and actually I've been doing a lot more with the mixture of both. Mm-hmm. Because I really want to break those barriers. Well, there's definitely certain items that, like, like when we go, we do taco reviews every every uh, Monday, and there are certain Spanish words that do not have a connection at all to the English term, and that's one thing I have a hard time remembering, or I wish I knew those specific words. Because, yeah. like, for example, like pork, for for tacos, there's like 12 different types of pork tacos. Mm-hmm. So it's not El Pastor, but it's like a completely different name. It's not El Pastor, and then something else. It's mm-hmm. like. Because that's happened to us. We always get like, what's their special? And well, like, you, you I, have like chancho, 
You have yeah, puerco. So like, but it's like it's pork. Well, they'll tell right. you it's pork. I'm like, well, that, well, then why don't you just say a pastor? And it's like, well, it's a different sound. Like, well, so what is it? Well, you can also have a cow will give you a T-bone and a burger. So you got to have different words. Well, it's also the style of cooking, too. Mm, yeah. The preparation. The preparation, you know, like, for example, uh, they have a dish called chifa. Okay? Chifa. And, and, you, and that is their Chinese food. But it's a mixture of Peruvian and Chinese. Hmm. Well, can you tell, like, kind of like put it down into simple terms, what makes a culture's food? Is it like the, like you said, is it the kitchen setup? Or is it the, just the spices or is it a combination of everything? I we, would think uh, our baseline we, would be the ingredients at hand. You know, in Ireland, it was potatoes and fish. Mm-hmm. Everything's – or lamb. Okay. You know, everything's got – every meal is based off of one of those three items. So what's the main crops – what are the main crops in Peru? The potatoes. Potatoes? I mean, they have See, over – I never eight, knew that. They have over 8,000 potatoes. I wouldn't have thought that, to be honest. And I had to learn a lot of them. You know? And they don't have french fries. <laughs> What's that? They probably don't have French fries. Oh, yeah, but they call oh, Peruvian no, 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 fries. No, they do have French fries. What yeah. they do is uh, like that lomo saltado. Uh-huh. It has, what it has is it has like a sirloin, or you can use a filet mignon, the way the, the meat is. And they also have, it's an onion, tomato, and then they use their ahi, their pepper. Mm-hmm. Okay, but then they also make potato uh, French fries. Interesting. Man, I gotta On try this side. stuff. I'm getting hungry just listening to Byron <laughs> yeah. talk here. Justin, man, thanks well, for bringing this guy in. Well, th- how did you run into Dustin, or how did Dustin run into you? Well, I ran, I used to live next to Byron. We used to live in the same neighborhood in Spring, and uh, we'd always get together and have great food because I I love food and I love to cook. I almost went to chef school. Creativity kind of flows into whatever you do. Mm-hmm. I was talked out of it um, by a couple of chefs that are interviewed in America. They didn't really l- love the grind uh-huh. uh, as much. Do they work as at ma- Chili's. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you're not appreciated in America uh, when you're a chef, you know, as much as. Yeah, maybe. we don't treat food yeah. like an art form here. Like we've like overseas. so many different cultures. That's one thing I wanted to ask. Is like that's one thing I noticed here is Americans have an expectation, and that, now I think that was like the first restaurant movement where consistency was key. So if I go to one place and I order this, I want it to be the same if I go over here. Mm-hmm. And I, I've noticed towns that Even have Even if been, it's at a lower standard, like a Big Mac. Yeah, so like, but now, like, bigger Sorry, towns McDonald's. with the diversity, like, like in Houston, for example, you can find some really good restaurants that are, you know, three generations, two generations, or even one generation, but they bring up a new twist to the idea. Well, it's like our tacos. I don't. We haven't had any two... We've done like a dozen of these episodes now. Mm-hmm. No two tacos are alike. Yeah, that we've had, and I think that well, that, that's such a basic mm-hmm. item too. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tortilla, bacon, egg, and cheese. Is Peru? Yeah. Does Peru or the the culture down there? Are the restaurants all kind of like family based, or is there is there like a is there a big guy or woman who just owns like forty of them? It's like well, you know, I've been to some a lot of restaurants, and uh, I went to this one restaurant called uh, Me Tradition. Okay, my tradition, and they were you know they've been in business for over thirty years. It's a family. Everybody that works there is family. You know, the families get together and they just, because a lot of them, a lot of them, they don't want to have, they, they don't trust an outsider to, you know, to really mm-hmm. make the same kind of plates mm-hmm. that, that they've been making for years. And at this place, they make uh, uh, cow hearts, anticuchos. Mm-hmm. That's the name of it, anticuchos. And it has like uh, they they sear it they sear the uh, the cow heart, 
Okay. And you would think, oh my gosh, it's nasty, right? I wouldn't thought just tough, you know, muscly, but. Right. But it, 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 it's a style, the way you cook it. Yeah. And the seasoning that they put on it and the love and care they put on it. And. I mean, I'll try anything. Yeah. It's amazing. They, the families really come together. They really come together. And, and they bring. Well, I mean, w- w- does Peru have a different mindset when it comes to going to a restaurant? Yes. Because I imagine that's what it really sounds like. It's it's more of a community kind of thing, or because you, typically here it's probably because the mass majority of people in the United States don't mm-hmm. cook themselves. They don't even know how to cook. Right. So it's just the easier option is to eat out, and now with Uber Eats and stuff, it's even easier to eat in. Mm-hmm. So I think that's kind of like the disconnect for the American population. But I imagine it sounds like in Peru. It's more of like it's an event, and then like you. It's a gathering, a sense of pride I get. Like here's my presentation for that's, this dish. That's right. Their presentations, they really, they are really, really focused to make sure their presentations meet the standards. Because if they don't meet the standards of what the Peruvian, because like I said, everyone you know, kind of cooks a little bit, so they kind of know they have an idea. It's like, oh, you didn't do right. this correct, or that's right. That's you hilarious. Know, you have you have different you, at home. Your dishes are the same. <laughs> you know, you you want to make sure that you know you meet the standard every time because when you go out though you want to you're, you're critiquing it yeah. <laughs> you, I guess the response it, yeah. is if you didn't clean your plate I it, guess that's the response from the chef it's like oh great they ate like a third of it that's right yeah that's right and and but at the same time if they don't ha- like just like here though if you don't see a line mm-hmm. it's not the same it's not the the that restaurant that everybody goes to and like I said Chifa that's a mixture of Chinese and uh, Peruvian, right? Mm-hmm. Well, the if the chifa, if the rice is not done right, you know, it has to be done right. They also have uh, arroz con pollo, which is uh, chicken and rice. You would think, you would think chicken and rice, oh, that's saying, that sounds plain. <laughs> I can make that. <laughs> yeah, I can make that. But it's the way they do it. It's the, the technique, even the, at what they do at home. Because they're very, very serious about their food. Oh, some like of it. these recipes could be. Are there any like recipes from the ancient, you know, Incan times that have made it through? Yes, yes, and and they use uh, a lot of uh, bananas. Bananas. Yep, green bananas. Huh. They uh, they also uh, gusanos. There's these there's these worms looking things. You know, they're white and. And like grubs. Yeah, they're they they go they get them under uh, palm trees, in the mountains. Mm-hmm. So there there's and, and to me, I'm not a big fan of them. <laughs> I'll try it. It, it was kind of nasty. The the texture of it was like uh, eating a gummy bear or something. Yeah. You know, just kind of <laughs> you know, gummy eat. bear that fights back. To them, it's probably a delicacy. Right, but at the same time, you know, like uh, what's called tripas here. Mm-hmm. You ever heard of tripas? Mm-hmm. I, I've heard of uh, it's like the intestines. Of a pig, yeah. Oh, okay. They also do that too, but the way they cook it, yeah, I've had is that. Different. And yeah, because so- they do it like here, they do it in milk. I think they boil it in milk, and they do a whole thing where they skin it, and then like they redo it in milk, and then it's like a. It's I like gotta a, open it's up my process. my horizons here. But it's still I've, t- I've they fried, the one I had was fried, and it ends up like it's just fried. Food. Well, really? I'm loving the fusion thing. Uh, you know, when I was in Australia, I was staggered that the what Australian food is. It's part Chinese, part Singapore, part Mediterranean. 
heavy fish because you know you got the. I want to try in Houston. Apparently, a big movement going on in the past like ten years is Vietnamese uh, Cajun. That's been a big fusion. So two spicy things I was together. What, ramen That's, and Creole well, no, spice. Like they, have, like they do their own crawfish styles and okay. then fish styles, but it's like I don't know. It sounded good. So and they have another Sounds style like which is Criolla. Okay. Like Creole, mm-hmm. they have a Creole style though too, and they use crabs, they use crawfish, they you know, and they use a lot of uh, fried eggs. You know, like a either a fried egg or a. Um, uh, a, a a boiled egg or, you know, they use eggs a lot, too. Mm-hmm. And even the flavors are pretty similar to what you get in Louisiana. There's there's some similarities. Now I'm hungry. What, well, what? I know Byron's is making us way, <laughs> way hungry here. How, how do people, so you say you have a YouTube channel, or actually dozens of there's a YouTube channel. What uh, mm-hmm. What's the uh, um, URL and, or the channel name? Yeah, I'll look it up. Yeah, whenever you, whenever you look up the channel, um, it's the... T H E W E R I T O all together. The were yeah, I'm gonna Guarito. put it in the description. Yeah, there you go. The Guarito Show and and I also have the Guaritoshow.com where where I do blogs. I do I did blo- I'm doing blogs for all the places I've ever went to in Spanish and English. So not only now do you have episodes where you prepare a dish yourself or mm-hmm. so it's a combination of at home, there he is. Uh, yeah, at home, and then out and scoping out. Other yes, things. that's I, I, great. I have, very well. I've rounded. had some. Uh, I, I have some videos of where I'm cooking. I also have videos. Uh, we just did the Texas Renaissance Festival. I recorded there. Oh wow! Oh man, that was weird. Yeah, I. It, it, I've always. I. I've always used to go to it all the time, yeah. and I just love it. Like scotch eggs, mm-hmm. turkey, turkey legs. What else do they have there? That's kind of unique. The clothes, the outfits are yeah. just really cool. You know, you have from uh, Spider-Man to to a guy that's... When you got stormtroopers walking yeah, storm well, tro- well, town. One year with... I did that uh, King's Feast. Mm-hmm. Yes, I've done that, that too. Was, that, was, that was impressive. Like the food and everything. Like it was good. It was like a five-course meal and like... Unfortunately, yeah. we weren't able to do it because I went in as the media this time. Mm-hmm. And uh, unfortunately, because of COVID, because of all that, we weren't able to do the King's Feast. And it was kind of different experience, but we were able to record the pirates, and we went to the Greek area. We yeah. went to different areas. Um, I just put up one video, a sneak preview, because I'm going to do di- we did different chapters for that. Because mm-hmm. what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to showcase, you know, Texas love to the Peruvian people, baby. Well, we I think it. it's a great way to break down the barriers and bring a bit of Texas flavor over to them too. Yes, especially in the barbecue area. That's, That's right. Because they, they, they probably barbecue over there one way or another. Yes, they do pig, a lot of pig. You know, we, we do the, you know. Uh, do they do the underground stuff? The, like when you say underground? Like they, you, they, they cook the pig underground? Like, like yes. literally, you dig the yes. holes. Yes, I, with the I, rocks and the. Yeah, I know that's like a South American Not thing, mafia so. restaurants. Where <laughs> it's actual. Yeah. Yeah, I've heard about that where you like bury, not, you don't even wrap the pig. You just like dig a hole, throw you it dig in a there, hole, and cover you, it up. You dig a, you basically make a fire pit and mm-hmm. it's like the coals and you put the, I think you put the rocks over the coals and then you put a, a layer of leaves, some type of leaf, put the pig in and then a layer of leaves. Well, that's the banana leaves. You know, yeah. they use a lot yeah. of the banana leaves with the rock yeah. and they make all that this other so dish where it's rice and uh, pig and everything all, and, and it's wrapped in uh, banana leaves. 
and then they and they actually put that under there and let that cook for a while. Mm-hmm. So Byron, if someone had to try that, someone being me, Peruvian <laughs> cuisine soon, is there anywhere in town that could, you know, satisfy the palate? Well, I'm actually uh, going to. I'm since I'm I'm here now. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be a private chef. Do talk more. <laughs> so, you know, way to bury the lead, Byron. <laughs> Byron. Um, I I am for hire to be a private chef, mm-hmm. uh, and you know, right now that's what I'm doing. That's what I'm I'm doing. And but eventually, I want to open up my own location um, in order to share the love that I have for the Peruvian cuisine. Solid. Well, I'll be first in line. Yeah. Right. Dick will be second. Yeah, I'll I'll do you if you need someone to t- test t- test taste taste food test from a Texan. Who's extremely the taste ignorant, test extremely <laughs> ignorant of the food. But I, see, that's the best kind of clientele to have because seriously, no one, I can't think of anyone off the top of my head who's ever talked to me about, oh, you got to try this Peruvian dish <laughs> or whatever. So you're opening up a whole new avenue. So we got to, we got to make sure you get that thing going there. Yeah. So I, you know, I think, I think, and, and I think that's, this is where everybody needs to come together. You know, mm-hmm. as one, because if we don't, you know, you never know what's going to happen in the future. And so with my, you know, even with the, the Wadito show dot com, I have a marketplace and I'm putting veterans businesses. I'm putting everybody on there. I already have the restaurants. I have, you know, veteran owned companies. I yeah. own my marketplace and, and even I'm putting uh, chefs on, on there, you know, because I showcase chefs. You know, it doesn't matter where you're from. I'm going to showcase you as That's long as I you have love. So indist- interesting on your show is that you you went in and he went did one on ones with these chefs and their style mm-hmm. and their experience and their their history was kind of um, crafted into the food. And Byron does a really good job on the show of just kind of uh, allowing them to kind of uh, teach the audience what makes them unique and what makes their food so interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, Dustin, have you tried any of these dishes here? No, I have not. Byron's just got back into town, so <laughs> he hasn't made me. You didn't grin him at the airport with a pig and a and a spatula <laughs> and say, "Hey, while while you're here." I actually went into San Antonio first because my brother Paul, you know, mm-hmm. he's uh, I'm 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 staying with him right now, mm-hmm. and uh, we're also going to be recording at the Sea World at Sea World um, on December fourth. Oh, cool! I, I just, I'm gonna. This is gonna sound bad. I did not know they were still open. I'm very happy to hear that they are still open. They're doing the I, Christmas lights. Cool. So I, I can't wait to showcase uh, the 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 light of Christmas to Peruvians. You know, because uh, it, it's. I'm thinking that's how we can bring everybody together yeah. in some way. I mean, that's the goal of the show is to showcase um, internationally what different cultures do, and how they prepare their food. And obviously, Byron has a unique perspective living and traveling the world as a Navy man and also um, living in Mexico and then obviously now living in Peru and um, Ukraine. Yep. Um, that, I mean, food is kind of like that international language that you don't really need to speak the language to understand what good food is. And what I see on the show that in the people that he interviews and the food that comes out, it's amazing. And I learned stuff um, just about how he how to use rice how to make a dessert uh, dish with rice so it's it's uh it's pretty cool and if you if you love food then you'll love the show and um even in san antonio that's a great place for food they get the river walk 
um, obviously they got a lot of history there. So, and I'm also trying to get to the um, I, uh, the, the NASA. Oh yeah. You know, I want to record there. I want to show. A lot of people are so interested about NASA and Houston, and you know. So that's awesome, and they're wide open. They, they actually have a phone number you can call and say, "I'd like to." <laughs> right. Hit, the, so. hit their marketing person. Yeah. Uh, off the air, there's a couple of places, a couple of things I want to talk to you about. Um, how do people? So you're up. Uh, you're available for being private chef, and so you got the Warito Warito show. Dot com is really a YouTube channel. Is there an email address or anything like that when people, someone get you can look it up on Instagram, Facebook. Um, now remember, when you look for it, it has to be all together. The uh, T G W E R I T O. I got it on the description. Yeah, but we all, we're also on the FM band. And yeah, that's audio people go only. to Facebook.com slash Dick and Skippy. It's right there. Yeah, Could but be lazy. if they're listening to us or they're driving. And they're getting hungry. So they can send me a message. Uh, yeah. Also, uh, I, I can put, I can give you my number because I have a new number and I don't remember it actually. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, I'm four, I'm 48 now. So, you know, my memory's kind of ah, a little bit. <laughs> you so, don't have a black book? What's that? A little black book you put your numbers in? Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to do that. <laughs> so, I like it. It's like my wife's password book that she keeps losing. I had to buy her a black notebook to hold all of her passwords because she like makes them oh, up password. on the spot. Oh, I thought you said passport. And I was like, what were we talking about Jason Bourne earlier? How many <laughs> passports does she have? Well, I mean, because I enjoy cooking. I enjoy different styles of cooking, especially when I encounter somebody that's from somewhere else. Like, for example, one of my buddies married a Vietnamese woman, and their family is a big family that cooks a lot. And I've when we ever have a chance, I'll go help them cook. And I've never mm-hmm. cooked with so much fish oil in my life and uh, i'm not a fish person but i'll try I'll, like let's do it and i smell like fish for the rest of the day which is fine my brother's wife is vietnamese too yeah and so her family makes pho yeah. every day yeah. it's it's a well what's amazing to me about that culture is they do so much prep work for like a week yes and then they eat once mm-hmm. and i was like man that just doesn't seem worth it but because i think the longest i'll do is like a brisket because it's like within 24 hours, I'm going to eat something. Well, you know, the main thing about cooking, and this is what I've learned as a chef, you really have to co- have a mise en place. Now, mise en place means everything has to be, you know, all your ingredients has to be ready. Yeah. And you have to make sure you follow the list. And if you f- can do that, because a lot of people, you know how we reach into the cabinet, we're like, oh, we forgot that or we forgot this. Obviously, and- you've seen me cook. Right. If you do the mise en place, which is French, you know, for the everything in place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you have that set up, your success rate as cooking is going to be much more, much more at a different level. Experience is consistent. That's right. Consistency is the key. And if you are consistent with your mise en place, then your food's going to be Just consistent. Just add more too. salt. It'll be fine. Uh, right. I feel like personally attacked because I think he knows that last night I made well, I, chicken Alfredo hamburger helper with canned chicken. So woo, that was good stuff. I am. Oh. I'm feeling triggered here. <laughs> well, I think because I grew up in my mother cooked for six kids. And so she was those kind of hamburger helpers were never enough. Mm. So she always she had to learn how to make enough food for everybody. So I grew up in a house where she would do everything kind of fresh. And I, I was very lucky because. Even when I went to college, I was pretty much the one out of all of my buddies who knew how to cook anything besides, like, the grill. 
Yeah. And so that was my duty was to do the side items and they would do the grill or something like that. I grew up in Laporte. You know where Laporte is. Yeah. Right? Oh yeah. Okay, so I grew up in Laporte and my you know, my grandma Which is French for the port, by the way. Right. But please <laughs> That's Byron, right. continue. That's and, and she used to my grandma used to make chili. I mean we we ate beans and cornbread, like it seemed like every day. You know, and because well, it we, lasts for so long, so yeah, right. And if we got Sonic, that was a uh, that was like in the award for the day, <laughs> you know, <laughs> woo, Sonic or Waterburger, woo, yeah, you know, so <laughs> you know, so it was a very, uh, it, I learned a lot from her, but I also learned a lot from my uh, my dad's mom mm-hmm. because at her house it was like Thanksgiving every day, mm-hmm. you know, she made the red velvet cake. Oh my! She made the 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 chocolate coconut. What is that? Uh, uh, German chocolate. German. German chocolate, yeah. Oh, German chocolate. And she made all these. I cakes. never knew they. Or as they call it in Germany, chocolate cake. Uh, they have coconuts in Germany. Yes, they do. But it's kind of weird to call it. This is American pumpkin pie. No, we just call it pumpkin pie. They don't call it German chocolate cake over there. Where did it come from, Germany though, or is it just something like is that like a Fredericksburg thing? <laughs> just, just let it go. Just let it go. That's, so that's a good question. No, that's really. I'm a good so confused. <laughs> oh, it's like the hamburger. The history of German chocolate cake. Well, because to me, I don't. To think, be continued. When I think of coconut, I don't think of Germany. <laughs> well, when we think of Peru, we didn't think of potatoes either. The, the world is a wacky yeah, but place. They have the potatoes there. Do they have coconut trees in Germany? Well, no, but I'm sure they got Amazon who can bring them in. So they okay. I mean, that's what I'm trying now, to understand. Now, talking about the potatoes, though, they have a, a method. You know, over there's a lot of desert, so they would bring potatoes to the desert to dry them up. Oh wow! Okay, mm-hmm. and they would use the dry potato to make the sauce to make it thicker. Okay, like the starch. starch in the potatoes, yeah. Yeah, like the starch in the potatoes, but they would dry their potatoes to make them last longer because you know you. You didn't know oh, where really your, next, got a desert. your next bit meal was going to be. They got mountains, desert, they got everything. Yeah, they have jungle, they have yeah. desert, they have... Uh, they. Ha- I went to an oasis, too. I'll put the pictures on my... Uh, That's cool. Yeah, I'm going to have to check those out, man. This yeah, I went to great. an oasis in the middle of the desert, and I got to ride this uh, uh, dune buggy. They let me drive it. Okay? Cool. They let you do anything in Peru. You pay a little money. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I mean, I think that's what because I'm not a world traveler at all. Like I, I, I have an anxiety when I'm in a place that they, they, I can't speak their language. So if I'm in trouble, I don't know what to do, and I was mm-hmm. like, I can't deal with that. But when you go to South America and especially like a place like Peru, would you definitely encourage people to come check it out and not just would you? Is there like a certain type of trip you would encourage people to take, or is it more of just visit the main city and then you're done? Well, the main thing what I'm going to be doing. On the whatethoshow.com too yeah. is I'm actually going to be helping people um, because a lot of times you know you think oh Latin America it's going to be dangerous it's going to be this it's going to be that and what I found is assumptions if you have too many assumptions you're never going to really do it so what I what I want to do is I want to take away those assumptions and and I'm I I have all the connections. In, like if I went to Peru, I would love yeah. to go to the family restaurants. That's what I would like. That's my key <clears> thing. Is like I don't want to go to the big city. I want to go. Where is the best food? Well, like where the food? Yeah, you. That that's the hard thing to say because in with <laughs> like Gonzalez's house, just knock on their door. And well, say. within Peru, you have different loca- different uh, cities uh-huh. that offer different types of food. Like Lomo Sapsado, the one I said. Uh-huh. That's really they only do most of that in Lima. 
And then they have a, a, a thing called conchas negras, which is clams that are, you know, the black clams mm. are, are made door, uh, towards Puda, which is a city. So there's different cities with different yeah, types look, of culture. Looking at the terrain, yeah, I mean, I imagine because it looks like there's kind of a mountain that kind of divides the coastal and the rest of it. So I imagine the food's completely different on the other side of the mountain. That's right. And ceviche, so. you, you've heard of oh, ceviche, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Okay, I can make. <laughs> all, I, can I, make I can make. I can make all kinds of ceviche. I know how to do that. And but the ceviches are different too. They're not all the same because if you think they have the Pacific Ocean there. Mm-hmm. So the Pacific Ocean is a cold, very cold, let me tell you, very cold water. Okay. And so the, fr- the fish are so fresh and that ceviche, mm. it, it just melts in your mouth. It's like the, the, uh, an amazing, amazing dish. This is the day we should have done the taco review because now I'm hungry. <laughs> Well, now I want some. I want some of that food. That's yeah, nice. I know, right? The Byron just so. Oh, uh-oh. Byron's just so pa- passionate about it, and and so descriptive. I can't wait to watch the shows. Uh, so, about how, how many episodes do you have, and how often to come out? Uh, right now on my YouTube, I think I have about thirty plus episodes on there from different restaurants that I've ever, I, I've gone. And what I did was, I took a. I did a variety of different types of restaurants. Because I wanted to show the different types mm-hmm. of different things. And I did ceviche, cevicheras, where they do ceviche. And I also did, uh, uh, there's this place called Atoque Pez. Atoque Pez is, he was on Netflix. Okay. Okay, he was, he was one, uh, one of the chefs on Netflix uh, uh, showcasing the Peruvian food. So I went to his location. I recorded with him. I love that episode. It was great. And um, he was, he's, uh, he, his father was the number one, one of the number one Japanese chefs in Peru. But he didn't want to work for his father. He didn't want to be in a big restaurant. And he opened up this little bitty location in the ghetto <laughs> part. But he also has fried calamari. He has fried fish. I mean, it was like an explosion. Is it like on a my five dollar plate deal? I'm sorry. Is it like a five dollar plate deal kind of place. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And the food. Let me tell you, the food is not expensive, and they really their their food is really cheap, but good quality. Well, that's what amazes me about cultures where, like I said, I imagine Peru having the the, the family traditions are cooking, so people are cooking all the time. So. Yes. Food, like to me, uh, that kind of ripple affects the whole country. Well, you know, during the quarantine, you know, for example, I was quarantined for a hundred days there. Wow, you know, you can't. You were quarantined. Couldn't leave the house, right, for a hundred days. Yeah, pretty much. How did you get food? We're talking real not leave the house. You know, only persons are designated to go, because if if obviously if you go, too many people go. You're gonna, you're gonna be even driving. Everything was, you were designated, and so you had to um, know how to cook. <laughs> yeah, for sure. You know, you know, and, and that's the thing. You know, uh, even there, and, and, and this is another thing. My show, I, I want to make, I want to help children that are underprivileged become chefs someday, because. Well, it's definitely a talent that you. Yeah. It, it has different levels to it. So, like, you literally just take care of yourself at home. That's right. Or you can cook for people, or get a job, or get even something even more. 
Because that's one thing I learned is when I when my mother taught me how to cook, that's what actually helped me get to know people better mm-hmm. from other places because I'd cook with them or we share things like that and then we try different foods. Mm-hmm. And especially when we're visiting people I don't know, I was like, hey, take me to your favorite place. Let's see what it's about. Well, yeah. that's where the love of food came from. Uh, my great-grandmother, you know, we're, we have the Louisiana influence too. So I learned gumbo, mm-hmm. you know, jambalaya. <laughs> you know, I know how to do uh, etouffee. What's the stuff yeah, that, what's Cajun. the brown stuff they put uh, in most of those dishes? It's like roux. Boudin. Roux. Yeah, yeah boudin is roux. It's roux. Oh, yeah, yeah roux. Yeah, yeah roux. Because mm-hmm. I feel like that's like the core of their and food. Rue is art. I learned to make that yeah. a, a couple of years ago and, it, and through trial and error, and mm. it was really like um, the right amount of flour. It's not easy. <laughs> like you burn the crap out of your hands if you do it wrong. If you mm. don't have the right tools, <laughs> and um, I did it so many times to where now I can just I can use different kinds of oils to get you know different textures and whether it's an oily roux or it's more of a drier roux and. Um, it's one of those things where when you know how to cook, I have found that, you know, people want to come over. People want to hang out. Um, mm-hmm. and, and, like, you have memories of going to your grandparents' homes, and it's always the people who cook the best that you you want to go over there a lot. Home cooking, nothing brings a society together. I mean, and, and tragedy, you, you know, people bring covered dishes to the, to the wake in celebration and holiday and family gatherings food just seems to be this is a unifying um so what's next for you what's the next stop uh then you're going to you go to nasa i i, I want to go to nasa this yeah. is mm-hmm. this is what i'm looking for you know i want, I'm, I want to go there but uh we're also going to do sea world yeah on Gotta december cook some 4th shamu. show how to the 120 <laughs> ways to cook shamu i like it <laughs> good concept well you know the thing is people say oh you know are you going to showcase food or you, you know in, in my opinion, you have to have a love for everything. Mm-hmm. You have to have a love for culture. everything and culture and everything. You know, fat, like you said, bringing families together. Because if you can't bring everybody together in, in so many different ways, what's the point? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm trying to think because barbecue is such a, a cool thing to really get into. I it's, can do barbecue. Yeah. You know, I grew up with a, my father was an oil well firefighter. There you go. Well, not even that, I mean, more like, because the culture here in the past, I would say, 40 years mm-hmm. now it's cook-off teams right. and like that's a big culture it's so, serious yeah like when you go visit the montgomery county fair those some of those teams travel you know not even just the state to mm-hmm. go and they have their trailers and they have their methods and it's like they've been doing this for 20 years and it's like a family thing even though they don't cook like for their house they cook for the competition and Look i would love to record ownership. i would love to record them yeah and show the Texas brisket, you know, the Texas ribs, because I know how to make all that, obviously, because my gr- growing up with a roughneck in the oil business, we were barbecuing every single day. And yeah. he had one of these big old iron, you know, you could barely lift the or handle fur- up. Or a furbished propane tank or something right. like that. Yeah, uh, it was thick, thick steel. Yeah. No, it's it, and that's. Three eighths plate. <laughs> well, that's what I mean, like, because you go visit these cookoffs. That's what's really uh, like my, the way I enjoy it is you talk to everybody and everyone has their own method, you mm-hmm. know, and it's and it's all the same food items. So when I was asked to be judges, I hate I hate judging barbecue cookoffs if the food isn't fr- like right off the pit mm-hmm. or, you know, settle for a little bit, because sometimes we get it like two hours later. And I'm like, well, this, pro- you know, you can cook what? for a two hour later brisket. Well, you know, with meat, you has to it has to have that that set time. Yeah. Set time, yeah. But if you don't hours. have the set time, the, the all the all the juices will come out. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people think, oh, cut it while it's hot. And it's like, that's the worst thing in the world if you want to have dry. Well, meat. that's why I wrap mine for an hour. And that I always felt like they're the cooler method. That's yeah. the easiest to maintain thing. And when, I, when someone taught me that, I was like, oh, I don't even have to worry about it for an hour. Just take it off, wrap it, put it in a cooler, then it's ready to go in an hour. And, but I mean, no, I'm hungry now, guys. With meat, I know, right? With meat in general, it's just like, it's, it's technique. It's not necessarily marinades and, and spices. It's mm-hmm. really technique. It's really, do you sear it? Um, do you do you let it set up? Do you let it um, slow cook? Um, how long do you how long do you slow cook it? Do you steam it afterwards with like maybe a bag? Uh, there's some stuff going on at um, Honor Cafe where they use like a water brine that's like hot, and they it's it's. There's so There's many something going yeah. on. You need over to, there. Now, if you haven't already, you need to take they they Byron over to. Have y'all gone there? Today? We went there this morning. morning. Yeah, what'd y'all yeah. get? I had the uh, SOS um, gravy or whatever. Yeah, uh, SOS uh, biscuits and gravy, which yeah. is basically like roast beef smoked with um, biscuits and gravy with um, kind of a pepper yeah. um, sauce. And it's, um, it's like a high end taste for breakfast. Um, with that home style kind of grandma cooking that you get down yeah. south. So. Yeah, they've got That's that avocado idea. and egg on toast breakfast that'll rival anybody's uh, Eggs Benedict that I've ever had. Mm-hmm. What'd you get? I had tacos, one with the bacon. I mm-hmm. love bacon. Yeah, me too. And then one with the brisket. Yeah, we got that. That's exactly brisket. what we got. We it did was a like, wow. Yeah. It was <laughs> yeah. good. And that's what Texas is known for. What did the Peruvians, did they know about brisket? Can I ask, I, I, I add to that because uh, the, the, th- the question I had was, we have food holidays here in America. Thanksgiving, July 4th, Christmas, Memorial Day maybe. Is there a Peruvian equivalent to where it's like, this is a food eating holiday every yes. day. Festival. Yes, they have they have festivals. Now they don't do Thanksgiving like us. <laughs> That's right? an American holiday, people. Uh, but they do have Christmas. They do have New Year's. They do um, uh, Easter. You know they do celebrate. You know because Catholic. Mm-hmm. And uh, oh, so they, they what's it called? Not fasting. What do they do? Lent. 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 Yeah. And I imagine a lot of that has to do with food. Right. And, yeah. you know, they don't really do, uh, they use a lot, they do a lot of uh, 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 pork, you know, where you uh, make the top really crispy and it just pops in your mouth, you know, the skin. Mm-hmm. Like carnitas? Yeah, mm-hmm. like the, it okay. just pops in your mouth and they do a lot of that. Um, they also, you know, they don't really do a lot of briskets. Not really. Interesting. They don't, they don't do the briskets the way we do it. If they cook the meat, it's not the same. It's not the way... Not slow cooked. No, for it's, it's not. No, no, no. They don't. They don't smoke it like we do. Right. Yeah. There's the, there's not that smoking method that the Texans do. You know. Well, every. I mean, it's good. Whatever it is, meat. I'll do it. Yeah, we're gonna. So. Right. After the show today, I'm. I gotta go find some place to eat. I'm gonna go find some foreign place just to pretend it's Peruvian, just because the how Byron's been talking this stuff up now. Well, that's cool. Well, is there anything else you guys want to talk about? I mean, we got plenty of time. We got 10 minutes or so. So we got the website. Everyone can see your YouTube page. They can follow you. If they give you, do you want suggestions at all? Because there's a lot of people from around the place just kind of like, oh, we got a cool restaurant or a cool little place to visit. You should come visit it. Yeah. If somebody had an, uh, a restaurant, if they know a restaurant owner who maybe is, um, you know, maybe the pandemic has done a number on them and they need some exposure, Byron is a pretty cool cat to come well, in. Well, I know and showcase for it. barbecue, 
locally here, Corkscrew. Corkscrew is amazing. Is a, is a great it's place. It's probably the best barbecue that it, I've had around here. Yeah, that same. And, of course, everyone knows Aaron Franklin's in Austin. That's a big visit place. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've been to Corkscrew. I love Corkscrew. Corkscrew's good. Oh, yeah. When I lived in spring. I think yeah. it's a married couple. I think I met them. They started out as, like, just a food truck, and then it grew, and then now there's a line around the building every and they're kind of like sign says that's uh, a restaurant to be in because yeah. you're basically just there to sell out. Yeah. So like once you're sold out, you're good. So when you're hours... prepping, when you're prepping your restaurant, you're like, all right, we just got to get rid of 128 briskets guys. <laughs> exactly. And then we're done. <laughs> Their times say 11 a.m. till we sell out. Yeah. That's when they're open. Well, you know, the main thing I, I really want people to share the love, you know, and kindness, you know, well, especially when you're trying to go to do different things. Cause that's kind of the hesitation for a lot of people. Like for me, like I said, the language yeah. barrier is really big to me because mm-hmm. it gives me anxiety if I can't, I don't know what 911 is, you know, like where do I go? What's going on? And, just, and but I'll get over that. I mean, and just to let everybody know too, you know, my show is dedicated to my mother. Okay. Um, she had awesome. multiple sclerosis my whole life. And oh, wow. I've never seen her walk. So I always, I always sat there, you know, we watched chef shows. We, you know, I sang, I sing too. I wrote a song, you know, I, I, I really want to show her love mm-hmm. through my eyes because if it wasn't for her, I wouldn't be here. That's yeah. awesome. And, um, that's so cool. And so, and I also want to help, like I said, underprivileged children someday because sometimes when you don't have direction, it's kind of hard to find your place. Give them a recipe. Yeah. Give them a recipe because see, I was, you know, I'm also ADHD, so <laughs> I'm all over the place and in the kitchen, that's my world. And when these children have ADHD, they don't have that, you know, the parents don't understand mm-hmm. how to handle them. Well, the kitchen gives them so much more different ways of looking at life. Oh, yeah. And, and when you can bring all the food together and, and the flavors together. Well, it, yeah, you're focusing on. You're that's like, right. Your it changes their stuff. focus yeah. to something, something they more They probably shouldn't do exciting. baking. No baking. No baking. <laughs> but, well, yeah. you know, doing multiple dishes, yeah, that could... Uh, because like what's funny is like my wife can't handle multiple dishes. So if we're cooking four different things, I'm like, let me do it. I know how to do it, and all that kind of stuff. That's right, and because they're all over the place, and you yeah. you know the kitchen is uh, uh, you know a lot of people I've heard oh the kitchen's for women and this and that. I'm like no 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 no, it's for everybody. That's so cute when people say that. Yeah, I've heard that many times, and I'm like you know what, it's it's women, men, children, it's everybody, right? Oh, one of my earliest memories is watching the Galloping Gourmet on TV. It's this yeah. guy, the Graham something, I can't remember his name, but he was he was like early days Emerald. He would just be you know, make it all exciting. If people want to get into cooking, I will say one of the best purchases I made recently is those stovetop induction deals where you can they're separate. They're not part of a you plug them in. Mm. So that way you can keep it clean on the counter because that's why my wife was like, we're not having all this stuff. And I'm like, well, I want to cook and I need more than like one burner. And that's why I started buying those. So if we're cooking a lot of things, those things have saved my life, and they're great. So I definitely looked those up. I can and the I multiple dishes you can do with them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then how fast you can boil water, depending on what kind of pan you have, and all that kind of stuff. So I encourage people to start cooking with real ingredients again. Yes. Like oh, that's yeah. when that's Natural. when things change for me. Mm-hmm. Is when you you start cutting up fresh vegetables. Um, it's locally grown. It's maybe you get it from the farmers market. Um, it's going to change the way that the food tastes. Because You're absolutely right, doesn't it? It's going to be so rich in nutrients, um, like a tomato. I grow a lot of tomatoes. I sell them on, on Facebook as well, 
just uh, the plants because I, I do heirlooms. And heirlooms are like the original tomato. They don't look that great. They're not real. Um, they're not real perfect circle or anything like that. They kind of look like a pumpkin, but they have all these different flavors. They have purple tomatoes, orange tomatoes, uh, mm. and they're so rich. And if you have one of those, you'll never want to eat another tomato from the store again because they're so bland. And I got to order some tomatoes from Dustin now. We're yeah. just and visit Ranch Ninety Nine Food Day. Ranch 99, that sounds interesting. You're, you're, you know what I'm no. talking about in Houston? No. It's basically like an Asian market, okay. but it, like, it make it look like, I thought it was like a 99 cent store or something like that. It was not. And it basically is little different markets inside of one big building, mm-hmm. and it's all Asian-driven, so like there's different Asian-style oh, foods. Is it the one on the Beltway? It's on, well, the one I think of is I-10 right there before Gessner, before like Bunker Hill area. Okay, yeah. So, there's one on the Beltway that it was an Ocean. Might be they, ba- they Baylock, I think. converted it to one of those Asian markets. But like you go in, you're like, oh my gosh. Because like, everyone has their own little mm-hmm. station. And then they have a normal, like the normal It's uh, like an antique store. mall. But for, for, but Asian, for food. Asian food. But that's the thing. Like you said, you have to support local. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because if you don't support local and you let the big ones come in and take over, it's going to well, take away a lot of the flavors, a lot of the excitement. Well, I would almost say, because yeah. like, I think HEB, for example, there's two HEBs in here in Conroe on the loop, and they're completely different. Mm-hmm. It's really amazing because yeah. you know, like, my wife calls the one on the West Loop over there on 105. That's the American HEB, and this is the international HEB if you go over here because it's like even the produce is very – it's like it's Mexican food. All the like most of the produce because I was like, what the hell is this giant thing? <laughs> and, and that I like going to that one because like I think it, I, I think more of it as like a farmers market kind of thing where you know they're pulling this in because this is just for these people in this area because you can't get that over there and right. show children this. Yeah. You know, this is where children can learn so much more about different ingredients and different types of ingredients and how they're used. You know, like papaya, like squash. There's so many different things you can do with it. That, you know, you, you really don't know it because you, the way you were raised with your grandmother or your mother, they didn't use those type of ingredients. So this gives the, the, the fusion of love, of togetherness. So uh, say your website one more time because we're uh, going to be closing up okay. today's show. Uh, the Werito Show, W-E-R-I-T-O-S-H-O-W.com, baby. There you go, guys. <laughs> and if you're, uh, you're listening to Dick and Skippy, it is the 25th right yeah, now. It's Thanksgiving Eve. Yes. Please subscribe to my YouTube. Yeah. yeah, I, yeah I put, I'm, all, I'm, I put I'm all, the, uh, all the contact info for the show and everything of our guests in the descriptions. Also, we'll be here uh, on Friday with Sam Houston State's president, Dr. Lisa White. She's our special guest then, and uh, we have a lot of people coming next week. But if you want to be a guest, or you just want to, you know, contact us nine three six two two eight nine three six eight, and then we also have Dick and Skippy at gmail.com. We got. We'll, we will see you guys later. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Today's show was recorded and broadcasted live on IRLoneStar.com, Conroe's FM 104.5, 106.1, and all rights and ownership are reserved to Lone Star Community Radio. For more information regarding this program and Lone Star Community Radio, visit us online at IRLoneStar.com. Lone Star Community Radio is Montgomery County's community radio station, serving the community with local programming on TV, radio, and online. 
If you enjoy today's program, please support us by sponsorship or starting your own show. Contact us today by phone or text at 936-666-1084 or email the station at lscrstudios at gmail.com.